Are you feeling burnt out and really in need of some self-care and you time? Well, today's episode will be just what you're looking for as I speak with health coach and personal trainer Nikki on stress, self-care and building up our toolbox to help us as we get to the end of 2021. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real world tips, tricks and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Hey, hey, hope you're doing well. Not long till the end of 2021. Today's episode, I'm speaking with health coach and personal trainer Nikki on all things relating to self-care. And definitely one of the key outcomes of this episode is the interrelation between stress and self-care and how they are very closely related. The doors to the Working Mama Village are open as we speak, and they're closing on Friday, the 3rd of December. If you missed that, that's okay. Join the wait list. Doors will be opening again at the end of January. So enjoy this episode, and I hope to see you soon. Welcome, Nikki, to the Working Mama podcast. How's your day going so far? It's going pretty good as well as it can be when you are in a lockdown situation and juggling home learning life and working as well around everything else. Yes, so much going on, lots happening. And uh, so we're recording this at the start of September 2021. Mm. So if you're if you're listening whenever this, whenever you are with this, but yeah, so certainly today's topic is going to be all around self-care which we know not only in lockdowns, but even in normal mum life where there's already a lot of things going on, self-care is such an important topic. But before we get into that, Nikki, do you yeah. want to, how do you best describe yourself? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm very excited to share with uh, all the, the lovely women that are listening to this podcast. So how do I describe myself? My background is as a personal trainer. But I've moved from personal training. I still do personal training, but I really focus now on doing a lot of health coaching as well. So yeah, that that would be what I would describe myself as is a health coach, but also a speaker and an educator around ways that around women's health, basically. Yeah, and different different aspects of women's health that many women don't consider, such as self-care. So we we hear this term self-care and it's bandied around pretty frequently and we say self-care and all these other things and I love the quote aside from this all, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup and and things like that. Yeah. But so we understand from the start and we're all talking the same language, Mm. what do you define and how do you define a self-care? I think the best way to describe it is, quote, the World Health Organization here. So the World Health Organization defines self-care as the ability of individuals, family and communities to promote health, prevent disease, maintain health and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a healthcare provider. So that's a pretty pretty big wide statement there and a big description of what self-care actually is. But in my words, I believe that self-care is the act of implementing a range of different health practices and a range of different strategies to maintain your own mental and physical health. And there's probably never been such a more important time as what we've seen over the last 18 months. It's really come to the the fold, hasn't it, of the, the physical and also the mental health components 
to yeah. our everyday lives, which I think were already there as an underlying foundation of our lives, but certainly they've come really under the microscope. Yeah, absolutely. And very much under the microscope for people to to analyze what it is that they're actually doing to look after themselves, particularly women who tend to wear many hats. And we're very fortunate that we're in a time of the world where women have these opportunities given to us where we are able to work and we are able to raise families and we are able to follow our dreams and goals. But also in saying that, because there is so much that we are juggling now because of all these opportunities that we want to undertake, we do need to take that time to do a little bit of self-care. Mainly, it's really becoming obvious around the, the mental health side of things. And I think that's as a huge result of what has been going on in the world over the last two years as well. And the huge change in lifestyles as well. So what do you see as the correlation? So we hear that self-care is directly related to mental health. How is that so related? I know this is a very lay question, but to also articulate it because it can be, oh, self-care, mental health. I know that I should do it, but really why? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's two ways that we can we can look at it here and you've asked the question around the the mental health side of things so definitely by undertaking acts of self care we're able to help us deal with the everyday things that are going on within our life deal with the stress upon stress and by undertaking some self care that helps us to reduce the stresses that are accumulating in our everyday life. And when that stress accumulates, it can lead to things such as depression. It can lead to anxiety and other things that happen within us physically. We might experience adrenal fatigue from where your adrenals are constantly in high functioning mode. You've constantly got adrenaline and cortisol pumping through your body as a result of stress. So that's the adrenal fatigue is, I guess, a physical side effect. But yeah, the mental health side effects definitely around the anxiety and depression by undertaking some self-care that can help to reduce that. I mentioned stress just a moment ago. And one thing about stress is our body's designed to something quite like deal with a little bit of stress at a time. So basically the stress hormones, particularly adrenaline, is designed for that flight or fight situation. And if we're looking back centuries ago, it was my tribe is under attack. What do I do need to do right now to either fight for my life or flee from this? So you get that spike of adrenaline to get you through. But we've evolved to a point in this day and age where we've got a lot of stress going on and our body's not able to differentiate between, oh, my tribe is under attack or a car has just run a red light in front of me. Our body is pumping out this adrenaline and cortisol, which is your stress hormones. Now, if you are having a day where you might have had that situation where the car has run the uh, red light in front of you, 
And then you get to work and your boss gets upset with you because you haven't completed a piece of work in the designated time that you were meant to. And then you get a phone call from your child's school and your child is sick and you need to deal with that. And then you're dealing with the fact that there's no food in the house and what are we going to have for dinner? And all of these little stresses accumulate in our body. And I I think of it like a ladder. It's building upon building upon building upon building to eventually you get to the top of that ladder and you fall off because you haven't had the opportunity to let yourself come down uh, the rings of that ladder. So you're just climbing that ladder constantly until you topple over instead of getting a little bit up with the stress and then getting back down to a state of calm. And then it builds up and ebbs and flows in that manner. Yeah, there's certainly a lot, a lot in that as well. And that, yeah, there is that fight or flight. And actually just before we jumped on this call, I was running a masterclass inside um, the Working Mama Village and we were very much talking about burnout, but then stress was a really big part about that. And there's, yeah. you know, the there was the um, harmful stress, which is probably more the fight or the flight. And then there's also then the helpful stress of that nervous energy and, you know, it can also yeah. be a good thing as well. But certainly a lot of people are experiencing that harmful stress at the moment that we're going through because of just what's been, what's been put on us. Cause you know, normal everyday life is full on. And then there's remote learning, working from home and COVID yeah. and lockdowns and playground. There's so much that we just can't necessarily control, but certainly can cause us anxiety and, you know, sadness and depression and things as exactly what yeah. you were saying. And those probably adrenal emotions and, and adrenal fatigue is, is certainly yeah. going to build up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I guess, so stress and then self-care is then very closely related. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And it's definitely one that I guess that analogy of how it's close related hits the nail on the head with me based on my own personal experiences. Yeah. Yeah. The self-care and stress very closely related. And then there's also the self-care for the physical side of our body as well, which is not necessarily just based on stress, but also for the overall functioning of our body and to keep ourselves as healthy and functioning as well as we can. So if we then look at that, so we've got then the the mental and the physical components Mm. of self-care. So there's a lot that we can do. And then, so if we're does our self-care change or should it be impacted depending on how stressed we are? Or is it also about finding, a, I guess, a steady state to help us, I guess, maintain so we don't fall off the ladder, so to speak? Yeah, it's a bit of a combination of both, really. In an ideal world, we'd be implementing self-care practices regularly so that we're remaining at that nice, calm state throughout and we're not easily triggered by little stresses. So we're we're not at that that second highest point of the ladder where then a little stress is going to come and just tip us over the edge. We're just traveling at the bottom two levels of the ladder constantly. That's what would happen in an ideal world. But in reality, that's not necessarily going to to work so well. So for example, we might go through certain periods of time where we are particularly heightened, such as pandemics hitting the world and suddenly having to do home learning and work at the same time and all of those type of things. And suddenly when we're in those situations, that focused time for self-care can dwindle 
because you're in this little bit of a panic of, well, I've got to do this and this and this and this and this. I don't have time to go and do a 10 minute meditation or something like that. So yeah, it's a bit of a combination of the both. Ideally, what we'd want to be doing is identifying different things that we consider self-care. And I need to sort of reiterate here that self-care is different for everybody. There is not one size or not self-care doesn't fit into one box. It's going to be different for everybody. But identifying the things that we would consider personally as self-care and sort of having them as a tool in your toolbox for times when you are feeling particularly heightened and you can go, oh, I'll do that right now. Or you might like to implement regular habits, which could be as simple as every morning I get up, I make myself a cup of herbal tea and I sit while I drink that and just be. Certainly very helpful. So how do we then work through that process of understanding Mm. what works for us? So self-care is different for everyone. Yep. Is it going, okay, I've heard running's good. I'm going to give that a go. Or is it, how can you go through a process to identify what helps us not only from a physical perspective, but also as a mental perspective as what you said earlier, that it's, Mm. yeah, self-care so closely related to stress, which obviously also has a physical and a mental component to it. Yeah. Yeah. So self-care, there's, there's sort of, I guess, two elements to self-care. So the first element is doing tasks. So doing things that you know are going to bring you joy. So for example, that might be if you get joy from running, great, go for a run. Don't force yourself into running though if you're not enjoying it and you're like, I'm self-caring, I'm self-caring as you're running. (laughs) It's not going to do much for you. We've got the the typical self-care description of having a bath with candles and bubbles and things like that. And I do think that we're moving away from that image of self-care, but for some people that could be genuinely enjoyable. For me, I personally don't enjoy that, but it could be a genuinely enjoyable thing for a lot of people. There's other physical things that you might do, which could be, like I mentioned before, just sitting and having a cup of a cup of herbal tea, going out into nature, spending some time barefoot in nature is also very grounding for you. You might choose to just do some deep belly breaths and just focus on your breathing. So that's what, that's, I guess, the action oriented things that you can do. And they're more descriptions of things that you can do when you're wanting to just pull little things out of your toolbox for when you go, okay, I'm going to just implement a self-care activity at this particular moment. But there's another element of self-care, which self-care doesn't need to be necessarily actionable items. It could be as simple as asking for help, spending some time alone, putting yourself first for once. And I know as mums, that's a struggle, but it could be that. Asking people for what you need is a big one. And I know that's something that a lot of women actually struggle with is asking for help. Setting firm boundaries as well. It's okay to say no. And again, that's a form of self-care. If the thought of going out at 8 p.m. at night to meet up with a whole bunch of, I don't know, girlfriends or something like that doesn't bring you joy, then it's okay to say no and you can set boundaries. Self-care can be staying at home, although I think at the moment no one wants to stay at home. (laughs) 
Forgiving yourself is a huge one as well. And also taking a step back and just going, you know what? I've got a lot on my plate at the moment. I'm just going to free up some time right now. I'm just going to take a step back from, for example, I'm just going to go with an example that comes off the top of my head. I'm the president of my son's school, PNC. If you feel like you've got too much going on and you're juggling too many balls, it's okay to say, you know what? I'm just going to park that there. I'm not going to do that job anymore. I'm just going to step away from that. That is self-care. That is all. All of those examples there are examples of how you can look after yourself. And that's more of a, I guess, a ongoing thing to be conscious of as well. And that's that's a very much ties into the mental health side of things. Yeah. And there's so much as well with that of we just, and I think it's the same as was, as mums that we're guilty of, even pre-COVID, that we just seem to keep saying yes. We'll take yeah. on another task and we'll take on more responsibility, but yeah. actually not let anything go. And before yes. we know it, we're going. I've got this endless task list that just never seems to be finished. That yeah. everything seems to be added rather than being crossed off. Yeah, um, and it can be really overwhelming. And then we're going, oh God, there's I haven't done a thing for myself. Your cup's empty, and you're no good to anyone. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, definitely by, you know, and mums as well, we're not very good at asking for help, but when we can, when we do, it is so powerful because it opens a door and people no doubt ask for help and offer you help more yeah. than what you ever realized. A friend actually said it to me. It was actually one of the very first times I met her at mother's group. Mm. And she said it, she said, asking for help should be a strength and not a weakness. And she said, yeah. she's asked for help and received so much more offers ever since that she mm. will, you know, ever since. And I've then it really struck with me. And then ever since I've gone, yep, people go, can I help you? I'm like, yes, yes, you can. And yes. then they're, they're also no to open because if you say no to someone, they're probably going to shut you down forever. So yeah. yeah, it's so important. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think you're hitting the the nail on the head there for sure. And so is there any particular time that we should spend on recognising both the tasks that need to bring you joy or the non-actions, is mm. there time, is there a particular time like, right, okay, you need to spend or it's good to spend, say, five minutes a day or it's very much about what suits you? It's very much about what suits you and what some people might need a lot of self-care time while others just need just that little thing just to to fill their cup up a little bit more. It's I don't know if you've ever come across this book. I, I don't even know the author that that wrote this book, but it's about having your bucket and making sure that your bucket never becomes empty. So it's a bit like filling up your cup. And yeah, making sure that, you know, there's always some reserves left in your bucket there. So if you're the type of person that feels like your bucket is emptying very quickly because you're giving so much of yourself, then you might want to do some self-care tasks or I shouldn't say tasks, some self-care loving more often. But if you feel that your bucket is constantly full and you don't get depleted often, then you might not need to do some self-care loving as often. One tip that I do like to offer is that when it comes to self-care, even though there's no right or wrong answer, one of the biggest barriers that women face is the time factor. I don't have time to X, Y, Z. So when we're finding that coming up as a barrier, my suggestion is to break things down into small chunks. So you may not necessarily have that 
10 minutes every day to do a meditation. And I'm just using a meditation as an example there. Some people might not enjoy meditation, but you might not have 10 minutes in your day there, but how can you break that up? So can you do two minutes of meditation? You might not have time to spend hours at the hairdresser, but can you break that up into a smaller chunk? And one thing I particularly love is to try to schedule in, I still use a physical diary, but you could use this if you've got an electronic diary and set an alarm as well. Try to break up into little five-minute chunks, some opportunities for self-care in your day. So it might be those actionable tasks. It might be something something else, but five minutes, a five-minute chunk of time and break that up, say, four times a day. So over four five-minute chunks of time in your day, you've done 20 minutes of self-care. And that can be really fulfilling, a really nice way of filling up your cup. But because it's also scheduled in, it means that you're getting it done instead of going, I don't have time right now. I'll do that in an hour. And then the end of the day is hit and you're like, oh, didn't do my self-care. I'll do it tomorrow. And then you never do it. Yeah, it's amazing that if it's not in the diary, how much it doesn't happen. I've just yeah. reflected going, oh, I was going to do Pilates at 12 o'clock for an online thing and I didn't have it in my diary, so I've completely forgotten. So yes. it is exactly one of those things that unless it it's is. in the diary and it's, it's you know, scheduling it in is so, is so important. And I know like even for myself, like time is such a big thing. Like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow and things like that. But yeah, yeah. You're so right. If it's if it's there, overcoming those barriers, and some of those barriers can also be mental, can't they? Of mm-hmm. of actually, you know, it's not bad to put yourself first. As working moms, yeah. we we tend to put everyone else before ourselves. Yeah. But things like self care and and that we do, it's okay to go. No, I'm taking this five minutes four times a day for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's that age-old flight attendant analogy where you, the the face masks drop. Yeah. And you need to put it on yourself before you help somebody else. And even as a mother, that still blows my mind because I'm like, no, I'd put it on my kid first. But you really do need to be looking after yourself to be able to help and care for others. So when you are facing those barriers of I don't have time or I feel guilty for spending this time on myself right now, you need to remember that that time that you're spending on yourself is actually an investment in looking after your future self. So right now you're investing that time looking after yourself to prevent what might happen to your future self. And I think that's a big one because we cannot predict the future. If we're doing some regular self-care practices, we are possibly preventing us from having maybe a complete overwhelm breakdown later on in the week, or we might be preventing ourselves from a chronic illness or something like that because we are doing those preventative measures and self-care is one of those preventative measures of looking after your future health. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a hard one because you don't know what's going to happen in your future. So you can't be like, oh, I'm doing this to prevent X, Y, Z from happening down the track. But you've got to have faith in that what you, you are doing right now is an investment in your long-term future self and your future health. That's so powerful. 
Yeah. And it's also a really good way of, of recognizing what you're doing is you, you don't have that guilt, of, but actually telling yeah. yourself, no, I'm helping myself for today. That's mm. going to help us future self. But also I find, you know, mums are generally the heartbeat of the family. So if the mum's off, the rest of the family and the mood and the equilibrium may be a little bit off as well. Mm. But the more that you can make sure you're in a, which can also put extra pressure on a mum, but also if you're feeling right, okay, I'm feeling good in myself, yep. that I then, that then can also then influence all those around you. Um, 100%. Your outlook, your kids, because obviously our kids feed off our emotions. Yeah. So the more that we're happier and seeing that we're doing something for us, ourselves can also then be really good role models for our kids. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And so this is going to be a weird one, but mm. how do we know that we've filled our cup? Like what are the signs Ooh. and the symptoms or, cause it's one of those things of, yep, spend self-care, go for a run. You're going to feel better. But yeah. How do you know, like that you filled your cup? Yeah, that's a very good question. I guess for me personally, I feel energized. I feel recharged. I am feeling strong. I'm feeling healthy. I'm feeling calm. I'm feeling happy. So all of those feelings and emotions I've mentioned there are positive emotions. So if you can feel that you're feeling all of those, well, not all of those positive emotions, but when you're taking a moment to reflect on how do I feel right now? What's coming up? Are they negative emotions or are they positive emotions? And if they're positive emotions, you're probably on the right track. You probably are filling up your cup and looking after yourself really well and implementing some really great self-care. If you've got some negative emotions, there could be two reasons for that. It might be that your self-cup or your bucket is feeling quite empty, or it might be something greater going on in your life, which is perfectly fine to have going on in your life. But it's, it's yeah, it's a bit of an, a self-analysis of, well, how am I feeling right now and why is that? Yeah, I guess that before you do that activity, recognizing how you're feeling, then after it, and is there a is there a difference? Is there an improvement? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And a lot of the, you mentioned activity there, and a lot of the self care activities that you can do, could you could instantly measure whether that's happening because a lot of the time, if you're doing something that is going to bring you joy, it's going to release endorphins in your body, which is a happy, feel good chemical basically within your body. So even the act of getting outdoors into nature or taking some deep breaths, that releases endorphins in your body. Getting some sunlight will help you with that as well. So there are little things that you can do, but then also doing things that bring you joy. And that could, if it could be running, great. Uh, it could be other forms of exercise, or it could be as simple as having a drink of water. If you're feeling good after that, that's an awesome measure. Yeah. And it's even amazing about how even just taking a few deep breaths of, yeah. it can really recharge. And it also comes back to, I guess, your mindset and your outlook. That's just for me personally. I know that like when I go for a run, I'm sorry, I always go back to running the analogies because that's my thing that I love to do. <laughs> uh, I do too. So that's and I, cool. I love it. And I've got to get back to it after having my son. But, and that's why I'm really loving, I just need to do this program to get me yeah. back. That's something completely different. But yeah, it's just one of those things. I know that if I've 
at the start before I've gone for a run, I'm like, oh, I'm a bit feeling a bit yuck and may not even feel that motivated. I go and I come home and I feel like I could take on the world. I'm like, oh, I'm yes. amazing. But all those endorphins and just the mindset shift, it's just a physical activity, but it's that mental shift about where yeah. I was to where I am now. It's, it's amazing the changes that can happen yeah. as a result. Oh, absolutely. I love that you're using running as an example because when my children were quite young, I was really into running myself. And I realized that, yes, that was my form of self-care, but it was also my time to be by myself and get that a little bit of alone time. And I used to joke how I was literally running away from my children because (laughs) it was just giving me that time to be Nikki rather than mum. And that's so important as well with self-care, isn't it? It's about mm-hmm. that, I guess, doing it for yourself. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and there's sometimes that, you know, you can do self-care activities as or even, you know, non-activities is what you said earlier mm. with other people and that's perfectly okay. But there's also sometimes, and everyone's different, you need to do it on your own. And like I know, yeah. for example, as I love going for a walk with my family during lockdowns, it's been our little thing to do as well. Yeah most people too, but also at the same time, your alone time, even just going in the car. I know they say going to the shops is not self-care. It definitely isn't, but it's yeah. nice even just from a mental break to go, oh, cool. I'm just yeah. I'm doing what I want at my own time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, that's another form of self-care, isn't it? Just giving yourself that mental break from being like wearing all of the hats and just getting to be you for a moment. Yeah. And in your own thoughts and, and things yeah. like that. So it's, yeah, as what you were saying earlier, it's that, yeah, stress and self-care so closely related, but there's the mental and the physical components to it that mm. yeah, it's not, it's not one dimensional. And I know people do journaling and there's so, there's thousands of things that you can do. There is. Um, yeah. Yep. But it's so important that you find what, what works for you, isn't it? Exactly. And I think that that's also very important is that you don't try to stick to what everybody says is self-care, you do what is going to bring you joy. And if you're doing something because you're self-caring for the self sake of self-caring, but you're not enjoying it, it's it's just another thing that you're doing. Yeah. And it's one of those things, that's why I asked the question of, well, how do you know? Because some people are going, as you said, I should really spend some time on self-care because I've been told I need five minutes of self-care. I really should do it. And, yes. and it can get to that overwhelm. But yeah, it's, it's so true that it's it's really that mental shift as well as the physical shift to really help you really take stock of, of that. And are there signs about when you're becoming, even in your body is what you said early on about the, the stress and the health practices around, you know, if you're at that top rung of the ladder, mm. what are some things that you may go, oh my goodness, I'm really stressed here. Is that the time to go right high far, like just time out. I need to just spend some time on me to come down a Mm. few rungs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of different things. You might find some physical, physical, I was going to say side effects, but symptoms of when you are at that point of, yeah, needing to spend a little bit of time just focusing on yourself. Some of those physical symptoms might be just feeling constantly exhausted, almost feeling like it's too much to even lift your arms. Sometimes you might find that you've got like a racing heart and feeling particularly anxious. You might find that you're snapping much more easily or you've got a very short, short fuse. You might find that 
it'll take just a little thing and you'll start crying or something like that. But it generally, I guess your your signs that you're needing to focus a little bit more on self-care is when you're getting those negative feelings happening that I'd mentioned before. So if you're not feeling all those positive, buzzing, different feelings that I had mentioned, and you're starting to move towards feeling negative emotions and feelings, then it might be a sign that, yeah, you need to do a little bit more self-care. It might be a sign that there is something further going on and you might need to seek a medical advice when it comes to your mental health. If you feel that something else is a little bit going on with your mental health or physical health. But yeah, generally those negative feelings is a sign that, you know, maybe it's time I just focus a bit more on me. And not feel guilty about it either. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Let's try it. Let's do this. You know, if you're listening, don't feel guilty for doing self-care. Please. Because I know as mums, we're like, right, we'll fill everyone. We'll do every, we'll focus on everyone, but not actually taking stock for themselves. And it's not not guilty, not bad to spend time on you because helping you, as you said earlier, is investing in your future self, which will help so many other people. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we go out of lockdown and Mm. some things like that, how can we then make sure, you know, going forward, we're integrating self-care? Is it still maintaining those little, like those little blocks is what you said or and, you know, I if we really enjoy doing something during lockdown, is it yeah. just like, right, we can just keep doing it? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, yeah, about just finding what's going to work for you and your lifestyle. So if you're finding that, say, you were able to implement some really nice little chunks of time through your day while you're in lockdown, and then you're back at work where you need to go into an office and do school run and all of those type of things, then you might not have those little time pockets in the day like you were before. But what you can do is then just do a little bit of a shift and go, okay, well, I had those pockets there previously. I had a nice little system going on. Where can I shift that in my calendar now? Does it mean that I I spend five minutes in the morning and five minutes of an evening? And that's fine. 10 minutes is fine. No one's saying you have to do 20 minutes of self-care each day. Yeah. So just finding a system that is going to work for you. And if you found something that brings you a lot of joy during lockdown, definitely continue doing it when you're out of a lockdown situation. If there is something that you've always wanted to do, for example, you might want to go and do try dance lessons or something like that. Jump on in, enroll and go and have a go while we're, we're able to move about freely. And yeah, just find things that are going to bring you joy. That's fantastic. I love it. What finds you joy is very much the whole premise of this is yeah. self-care. And so is there anything you want to add, Nikki, into, into this topic that we may not have already covered? I think we've we've really delved down into different ways that you can look after self-care, but there's also the the physical side of self-care as well. So self-care isn't all about just doing different things to help you with your mindset. Self-care might be around sleep and allowing yourself to turn off your devices and go to bed early. It might be scheduling in time for you to do some exercise each week. 
It might be choosing to have a vegetable filled plate instead of the processed foods over there. So there's all different types of self-care and it doesn't need to be limited to just, I guess, doing things that just bring you joy, but also things that are going to help you with your overall health as well. So making some different different choices that is going to make you feel good. And yeah, look, again, it comes back to the looking after your future self. Yeah, making you feel good. And that's yeah. so important. And yeah. Because everyone deserves to feel good. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Be a pretty miserable life if we didn't feel good. Exactly, exactly. You know, last two um, short to drink bad wine, so we might as well enjoy while we, while we can. <laughs> I love it, yep. <laughs> and so what do you do for self-care? Mm. What fills your cup? So we mentioned the running before, but I'm also a huge, so I, I love to just curl up on the couch. I'm a, a softy for a good romance novel. So I, yeah, that's what brings me a lot of my self-care is just having that time out to escape into a different world inside my mind. Other things that I do for for self-care is really trying to focus on the, the physical side of things. I've I've noticed myself that I can't watch TV of an evening. It actually starts to make me feel a little bit ill if I watch TV of an evening. So for me personally, it's turning off the devices from 8.30 at night and allowing myself to have some calming downtime. So that's a big component of self-care for myself. And yeah, just, I guess, doing things that are going to to bring me joy. I, I do a lot of focusing on, you know, I'm not enjoying this activity right now. Let, let's see what I can change about this. Can I change it in a way or do I need to let it go? So powerful that you're actually, yeah, being more intentional and focusing your life around what brings you joy rather than mm. just doing it for the sake of it. And also, I think it's really powerful recognizing that TV and devices at that late night makes you not feel so well. That's a mm. probably quite a powerful rev- revelation. Yeah, yeah, I guess it guess it is, and it's, it has taken me many, many years to discover that about my own self. But yeah, so good. Now, Nikki, where can people connect with you? Yeah, so uh, they can connect w- connect with me through my website, which is Mummy Fit Time. That's spelled M U M M E. F-I-T-T-I-M-E. I'm also Mummy Fit Time on Instagram and over on Facebook as well. Sensational. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, for today's chat and really unpacking what self-care is, how we can do it, and also with the underlying principle as what you've been saying about what finds what brings you joy and, yeah. and what lights you up, which is so powerful. And as what you said, you know, we really need to make sure that we're happy and, and really investing in our future selves. So thank you so much for today's chat. I know that I've learned a lot out of it and got a lot out of it. And so Ooh. thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au.
I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.